That's something I would just try to stress to anyone. It's just like, learn how to tell your story and think about two or three big projects that describe your impact the most effectively as a UX writer. This is Writers in Tech, a podcast where today's top content strategists, UX writers, and content designers share their well-kept industry secrets. Hello and welcome to Writers in Tech, a podcast brought to you by the UX Writing Hub, a platform for UX writers, content designers to learn about this field, how to get into this field. We have a blog, a newsletter, plenty of free resources, and also our UX Writing Academy program, which is an education program for people that want to get into the field. Pretty heavy, six months, a lot of fun. And today I have the privilege to speak with Andrew Estelford. I had a workshop with him a few months ago, and it was such a professional workshop about like being a UX writer, the company named Colrail. And I decided to to have him as a mentor for the program. And now I have the, the privilege to have him for the podcast. Uh, hey, Andrew, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for the invite today. I've been looking forward to this for a while. So a pleasure to be here, Yuval. Pleasure to have you here. I've been waiting for this conversation also for a while. You've been quite of a leader lately in the UX writing community, helping so many people to, you know, step into this field. You had this pair writing content you've created on LinkedIn. That was pretty cool. And also the students loves you, like the feedback that you receive from the students. It's amazing. So first of all, tell me, how is it like to be a mentor? Oh, I've loved it. It's been so rewarding for me. I've never been a mentor in an organized setting like this before. During COVID, actually, in 2020, I was kind of pushed to meet people online in the UX writing community. And I found out I really enjoy just connecting with people throughout the world, talking about best practices and their lives, really, just as UX writers across the globe. And so I'd never really done anything, though, as a, a course mentor before. So I was really honored to be asked to be a mentor for the UX Writing Hub. And I was kind of uncertain too. I was like, I I hope I do this well and I hope I'm a good influence for the students. And I I began by asking a lot of questions for their previous mentors and connecting with people who had done before and gained some tips and tricks from them. It's really grateful for that. But it's just been so rewarding to mentor the two students I've had. And I really admire them, just how much they've dived into the situation and are so eager to learn something new and take my feedback. And it's just really um, energizing for me as someone who's been in the field now for almost three years to just receive this fresh energy from the students and to kind of learn on my own too and be taught things from these students about just how it's possible to reinvent yourself and really gain a new passion and things like that. And that's super inspirational for me. And so it's something I'll take with me beyond this experience once I'm done with this mentorship journey, but it's something I'll always remember. And I hope to continue it too. I think I've discovered that I love mentoring and have a passion for it and love touching people and helping them along in their career journeys. So I really enjoyed it a lot and hope I can continue it in the future. Uh, Amazing. Me too. Um, Do you have, okay, so there's a lot of people out there that are being asked, like if they could mentor, like, okay, so people want to get into the field. They ask people in the industry, I want you to be my mentor. And there are people that want to mentor other people. What will be your tips right now for mentors and mentees like how can those work together regardless you know to the program that we have in general like in in in, uh, people's career so what would be your tip to be like a really great mentor Mm, that's a great question i'd say just be 
open and responsive as a mentor. I think those things are really important and to just be empathetic too for people and their particular career journeys. A lot of the people I've mentored are people who were journalists like me or who have some kind of marketing background or some other communications background. Everyone's coming from a different place and we're all developing this interest in UX writing together. So I think as a mentor, I'm aware of that situation or maybe some things that are may seem simple to me now after a few years in the field aren't as you know, recognizable or simple to people who are breaking in. So you want to explain things in a clear way. As UX writers, you know, be clear, concise, and things we do on our job day to day. But that comes in really, that's helpful as a mentor to do that too, and to just kind of boil things down in a simple way for people who are breaking in. So I'd say as a mentor, it's really good just to, you know, be a, just a supportive figure for mentees and to give them inspiration as they take these opening steps in their journey. And that's fulfilling for me because because it just fills me up with energy too. And I hear that they're really enjoying um, their lessons and the assignments that they're doing. So, you know, it's a two-way benefit, I think, as a mentor to see the progress that your mentees make. So anyway, like as a mentor from that perspective, that's the advice I'd give is just be just responsive and give good advice and just, you know, be a cheerleader for the mentee. I think that's so important. But as a mentee, I think it's important just to seek people out and kind of creative about trying to find people who have done this before, who have interest in mentoring people. There are actually a lot of us out there. I've connected with a few people and have tried to figure out ways where we can make this even a bigger thing where, you know, within the UX writing community, we can develop a network of mentors and have it be a year round thing where people can look us up online eventually and know that we're open to taking questions just via LinkedIn messages or email or something. So I think that space is available out there eventually where this could be kind of an organized situation where there's a network of mentors to help people who are so interested in this field right now. Because I think the interest in UX writing will only continue to grow I've seen just a, a huge growth in the interest in this field in the last you know, like year, year and a half. So I think that's only going to continue. And I think as part of that, there'll be an opportunity for people like myself to give back and to be mentors and to answer questions. So I hope that network of mentors continues to grow and we develop some kind of situation where people can find us easily and know that we're available to answer questions. Very cool. I love the idea of building like a network of mentors, people that are responsive, answering people. I feel like that might be very useful. Very useful. I know that there was like this uh, something called the uh, Adelante, something like that. I forgot the name. Someone named Jessica maybe created something like that. I remember reading about it in the past or something like that. Nice. Anyway, fantastic. So your background is interesting. Like I remember from your workshop <laughs> where you talked about like... You know, I know it's in journalism, but more than that, like you have background with video, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And exactly. and what I really love about like, and it was like really mind opening. Your workshop was fantastic. I learned ton. And you talked about like how create how to create better user experience using videos and editing and script writing and analytics of videos mm-hmm. to optimize the user experience. So I know that uh, right now you're about to start your new journey in a new company, and I'm not sure what your responsibilities are going to be over there and if they're going to be similar, but I would love to learn more about like how you're doing it and, and <laughs> like best practices of people that want to use video maybe to improve the user experience of their product and not sure exactly how. 
Yeah, no, exactly. It's been super fun for me to do this. Uh, you're right. Like I had a background in journalism. It was really interesting for most of my journalism career. I didn't do video. And as always, as a writer in journalism, there was this tension between video and the written word where it was like, you know, companies are pivoting to video and it was somewhat of a threat to the writers who are doing the written product. So I remember that at the time where I didn't have much video experience. And there was this like looming cloud of this video presence where it, kind of business models were changing for a lot of media outlets in the mid 2000s, at least here in America, you know, the 2010s. So anyway, it was really interesting going through that process. But my last journalism job, I jumped into video work a little bit more and helped with some Facebook live shows and creating video assets for these broadcasts. And so I gained some experience from that. And I told my job, I told my manager early in my first UX writing job that, you know, I had this experience and she always saw a need to create video content for our help center to help visual learners within our support articles. And so and the software there was kind of complex. And so there was definitely a, a niche, I think, for video content to kind of simplify things to help users find various things within our uh, UI. So anyway, like we built it up in a really big way over a couple years. It started in 2019. And by the end of April 2021, we had 86 videos with more than 80,000 views. And uh, these videos not only appeared within support docs, but also appeared on like uh, our .com, our marketing website. And they also appeared as marketing assets and like emails to customers to introduce new products. They appeared as you know, just assets for our sales and support teams to email directly to customers if they had questions. So it was really fun to see video become a bigger part of our content ecosystem. And I viewed it when I was building out video as just an extension of my UX writing work. I tried to just write in the same way within videos as I did within our UI, use the same principles that we developed within our style guide for the UI work or the product work, or I'd just try to be clear, concise, useful, helpful to a user. And it was really fun to see that grow. I also got to design things and use our assets, you know, internal assets um, to kind of create a personal touch within these videos. So it was really fun just to see that grow and to see myself grow along the way as well. And I think there is a space out there for UX writing teams to embrace video as part of the value that they can bring to their companies, because, you know, we do take ownership of the education process a lot of times within our content ecosystem and our the products that we offer. So I think that it's kind of an untapped opportunity for a lot of UX writing teams out there. And I hope at my next stop, I can do this as well and just kind of introduce video as part of an opportunity for just education for customers and to feel, make them feel empowered using our software. So yeah, that's something I'd love to see more UX writing teams do, even if they're not building the videos themselves, maybe like writing the scripts or helping teams with kind of just the, the skeletons of what's going to be part of the video. So yeah, it was really fun to see that grow over time. I'm really glad I got to run with it with my former company and it'd be really fun to see that growth in the industry. You know, the, like the workshop that you had back then about like all of the things that I learned from it was so mind, like extremely mind opening. And I'll tell you why. First of all, like in that workshop, you talked about like, and we can cover that afterwards, but like how to use analytics of videos to understand yeah. like what part of the products are a bit more complicated and then improving the actual product based on the analytics of the videos, which yeah. is brilliant in my opinion. <laughs> Sure. But like, I, I just had a, the workshop a UX writer for a day. It's something that we do, and I did it for a team of technical writers, just to let them understand like how it feels like to be a UX writer for a day. 
And like they ask, all right, so we're writing these documentation papers all day. So what is the overlap with like UX writing? And and I told them like, listen, when I'm trying to learn a new tool or how to use a new dashboard or anything like that, I will try to think how intuitive it's going to be. If it's not going to be intuitive, I'll probably look like a tutorial on YouTube. And if yeah. I'm not going to find it, I'm probably going to move to the next product in line. I'm, I'm sure. like, and if I, I'm not going to find a product like that, then I will go to documentation and then like break my head and figure out how to do it. But the technical documentation, it's like my last resort. I would look on videos like every day before I will go to like the technicalities of the like APIs and crazy stuff like that, that I don't know nothing about. So video is big. And I wonder like how other teams might adopt it because like, okay, so let's say that very talented UX writers of, of the, all over the world are listening to this episode right now and they say, okay, I'm sold. I want to do this video thing. So how can they start? Like probably their developers or their product managers are saying, don't waste your time. Don't bother. It's too much <laughs> of an effort. We don't have even the component that we, we can put right now next to it. So well, how can you set up something as that is extremely important like that in your product and I don't know, to sell it in your team? Yeah, that's a great question. It does take some buy-in, at least from your UX writing manager, I feel like. I was lucky in that way. She was fantastic where she allowed me to run with it and grow and experiment. And I think it does take that at least from your manager. If you're an individual contributor who's interested in starting this project, I'd say pitch it to your manager. Explain that it's just an extension of the product writing work that you're already doing. It's just in a different form. It's in a visual form. So, you know, just view it as that as just an added benefit for your company. It can show added value for the UX writing team within your organization. So I'd say that. But uh, over time, it's just a matter of creating the work and then showing that the work is good and just getting buy-in from people like designers and product managers and other people within the product development team. That's how it worked within my company. It was really exciting to see that grow, especially the buy-in from other people outside of UX, even within my team. It got to the point at the end in the last few months of my time there where we had designers approaching me being like, hey, I know you have a video about this. I'm redesigning the flow about closing an account. You want to include a video in my new flow. (laughs) So it was really cool where they would approach me. And, uh, you know, want to include a video within this redesign that they were doing for this particular part of our app. So and then we did ship it that way where a video was included on the last screen of that closing an account flow where we explained like, you know, oh, we're here to help you before you close an account. You contact our support team or something before you, uh, you know, leave us for good. So it was really fun to get to that point where we had buy in outside the UX writing team within my company. And it was a team effort. And it was so much fun to get to that point. So I'd say just take baby steps at first. Don't try to you know, build a mountain in a day or something. You know, it's just all about uh, showing that you can do the work and create something new that ties the need of like, you know, just helping a customer and creating new value that your manager or other people within your organization didn't think was possible. And I think that's what was really rewarding as far as like the video work at CallRail 
was just like, we invented something new. It wasn't something that was there five years ago. It was just like, oh, this is something that is possible within our UX writing team. And it became an expected part of UX writing team's output. I had a teammate helping me who created original music, who did the voiceovers. You know, he was a UX writer. He did other things too, but you know, he did that as part of his job where he was like making music and reading the voiceover and things. So, you know, you can really tap into other people's talents and make it a team effort. And in that way, it's really exciting when other people within your organization start to respect it and see needs then for video within parts of the app that they're maybe working on or will come to you with ideas and be like, hey, I think we need a video for this because customers are talking about this problem. So anyway, yeah, just take baby steps, maybe do like screen recordings or things like that. They're super easy. You don't need to do a lot of animation work or anything, but just show that you can do the work and create value. And then people start to recognize that and value it over time. And I know there is also in the audience many people that are like freelancers or want to get into the field. So I feel like there is a really great niche here for people that just like, I don't know, there is the broader field of UX writing, but they want to find like their own kind of place in that field. So if you do like UX writing and videos and like product education with your writing as well, adding some topics you're writing with like some kind of video providing service. I feel like that can be a really hot niche right now. It's not, it's not yet uh, developed in my opinion because I don't see many people are doing it right now. But I feel like people can earn a lot of money, you know, <laughs> yeah. doing that in like those monthly retainers for big tech companies. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's all about just you know pitching ideas to people and explaining the value of it. And I think that's part of it too is explaining the value. You can say like I can do this cool thing, but unless you explain why it's beneficial to them and their company, then, you know, you're kind of missing something there. You just, you just need to add some data, you know, if you say, <laughs> okay, so these 80 videos that were like viewed 80,000 times reduced the churn in 10% or maybe helps people optimize the experience with this number. So I don't know, relying on the numbers is always great when you're trying to persuade a business to pay you First yeah. Services. Oh, definitely. That was part of my job too with the video work is I kept monthly and quarterly stats on view counts and engagement metrics and things like that. So I would go through the numbers each month and each quarter and then uh, update things. And then um, they present those to my boss and then those would be presented to her boss. And so it became a part of like their ops meetings and things like that, like the video trends. So anyway, like it was one thing to make the videos and have it be like this cool shiny thing in the corner. But then, you know, I worked within the data and showed like why it was valuable and that you know customers were watching these things so that's an important part of the process as well remind me what tools were you using for the host of the video yeah we use wistia so wistia has been great you know we would just upload the videos within wistia and then they would handle all the stats as well and show us and trends and view counts and engagement details things like that so we use wistia throughout that project so cool but there is a danger here like just like the designers reach out to you and said, hey, we're going to change this flow. Can you put it in the video? So I feel like it's less scalable because you need to like reshoot something, then upload it. You know, products are constantly changing, of course, from one month to one quarter to one year. And then like your video needs to change every month, maybe. And, you know, render, render it, upload it. That might take a lot of, you know, people power. 
you know? Yeah, no, it was something where I had to do that at times where we would change a design. And of course, my screen recordings have the old UI in it. So I had to go in and re-record things and then paste that into my uh, Adobe Premiere. And so it was an effort. And there were times where uh, I was fortunate where my manager would be like, I know you have a lot to do with this here. And we'll kind of stop things, the other things on your plate. You can just concentrate on this for a while and update things. So yeah, it did become a process where there's no easy way around it where you have to update things sometimes, especially if you make a big UI change. And so that was part of the video work. And I think there's just no way around it, unfortunately. I wish there was like a plug and play thing where you can just change everything at once but it's a lot of manual work just to change those things so if you have an app where you're doing a lot of like ui changes that is part of the job but some places don't do a lot of ui changes or visual changes so it might not be in other situations so it really depends on your company i think really cool i know that if i write something in like one of the parts of the products that we have on in our automations i kind of forget about it and then like two years Two years after I like opened this email marketing funnel or this landing page or this even part of the course. And I'm like, okay, we must change it as soon as possible. <laughs> I know, People exactly. can't see it anymore. We need to change it. It's not relevant. <laughs> I know. It's just after a while. I got to clean that stuff up for sure. Totally understand. <laughs> All right. Great tips for everyone that uh, want to get into uh, video and UX writing and, and all of that. And I know that you are going to do your next adventure. So you're finished with CoreRail. So what's up next? Uh, what's on your plate? Yeah, definitely. I'm really excited. I'm going to be a UX content strategist at Ring Central. That's a remote role for me. I'm based in Atlanta, Georgia in the United States here, but Ring Central is based in the Bay Area in California. So I'll be in Atlanta still, maybe sometimes go out to California. But yeah, really excited just to take the next step in my career and grow and explore in new ways. And so yeah, just uh, really excited. I'm thankful for all the things I learned at Colorado for sure. That was my first UX writing job and I transitioned careers and will always have a soft spot for for that stop in my career journey. But yeah, I'm really excited about everything that I'll uh, get I'm to happy experience for, for Ring Central. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> and uh, the plan is to build like a team of UX, UX writers. Yeah, I think it's a it's a growing team. There's a manager and then two other individual contributors in addition to me right now. So yeah, we'll see. I'm really curious to see how things evolve over time. But it's really exciting to know that UX writing is becoming a valuable part of that company's UX processes and they're respecting the words in that way. And so, yeah, it just when I was interviewing, it just seemed like a great opportunity to join a fun, energetic team that's really eager to grow things out and uh, within a pretty big company. So, yeah, I think it will be quite a bit different from what I experienced at CallRail because it was uh, kind of a smaller scale in some ways. But this will be a big company with uh, kind of a UX team that's growing and there'll be chances to explore and create processes and really excited about everyone I'll be working with there. Amazing. And how was the interviewing process like? Yeah, it was really interesting for me. I went through quite a few processes and learned a lot about myself and just talking about my UX writing journey. And that's something I would just try to stress to anyone who is thinking about interviewing soon or later on. It's just like learn how to tell your story and think about two or three big projects that describe your impact the most effectively as a UX writer and have data points to back those stories up if you can too. And so I spent some time on LinkedIn kind of going through my interview journey and writing about takeaways that I 
experience during the process. So if anyone's interested in seeing that and be sure to hit me up, I'd be happy to share. But yeah, it was just a really interesting process where I had to learn how to talk about myself. That sounds pretty basic, but it's just a matter of like trying to frame the most impactful projects in the best way possible. And that was a, a process, you know, to go through different situations and be like, oh, I could have talked about that better or could have explained that situation a little more effectively. So it was really a big growth moment for me. And I learned a lot and happy it's over, to be honest. It's kind of exhausting, but I'm really excited for what's coming next. How many stages did you have in that interview process? Oh, there were a lot. It really depended on the company. And how long did it took as well? Yeah. So at Ring Central, it took about a month for the whole process to play out. And so most companies is pretty typical where you'd have a recruiter screen at the beginning and kind of have an initial conversation about the role and maybe the responsibilities and compensation involved with the role, things like that. And then from there, you'd have a hiring manager screen. And all this was done via video call, except for sometimes phone calls with people. But this was all done remotely. And so you know, I'd have the hiring manager screen. And then from that point, you'd either have a technical screen where you do a take-home assignment where you have a few days completed, or you'd jump right into maybe an interview panel with a lot of UX designers or product managers people like that. So in some cases, I interviewed with like five, six people at a, with one-on-one meetings at a time. So that'd be one stage in the process, all those one-on-one interviews. So that was really interesting. And then from there, you'd sometimes have a portfolio presentation where you talk for about 45 minutes to an hour, about two or three big projects during your current job. And so that was a big growth moment for me to just learn how to explain those projects. And I approached it from a storytelling perspective. I went from beginning to middle to end, like the inspiration behind the project and what we did during the project and then the impact of my work and things like that. So that was the portfolio presentation. And then from there, it was really just kind of a waiting game. You know, they'd either contact you with an offer or they'd say, no, thanks. You know, thanks for your time, but we're moving in a different direction. So it was a, a lot of twists and turns. So I was really fortunate to meet a lot of great people, though. And it's something that I, I just viewed as like a personal improvement journey, too, where I just learned how to kind of frame my accomplishments over time or things I worked on over time and try to explain and articulate those things in the most effective way to make things impactful for who I was speaking to at the moment. Amazing. And is there like, when you apply for a company, is there like, kind of, you think to yourself, what, ex- okay, so you already, you was, you were all, all so, sorry, mindful for the type of products that you're going to work on, or the, there were like other type of parameters that you were looking for? Yeah, it really depended. Um, sometimes I was reached out for roles too. So I'd get a recruiter note and I'd read their description of the role and be like, oh, that kind of sounds interesting. I'll talk to you. So it was really sometimes you didn't really know what would come up, but it would just happen. You're like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know about that company before, but I'd love to talk to you about it. So, you know, uh, yeah. yeah, I guess I wasn't too picky about like products or you know, like, I don't know, the kind of their past, I don't know, accomplishments as a company or something like that. I learned about a lot of different companies. I interviewed with large companies and even small startups never heard before, you know, so that was really interesting. But throughout the interview process, for me, what was really important was just the people I talked to and kind of the mindset of the company, the trajectory of the company. If there, I could sense a certain momentum with the company, that was really important to me too. So that was good. But if, mostly for me, it was just like if I connected well with a hiring manager and my UX writing teammates and potential teammates. So that was something I valued quite a bit was just those you know, video calls with the 
the people who would be my UX writing teammates. And if I felt a good vibe with them, I was like, oh, this sounds really cool, you know? And so it's exciting for me to learn new things and to jump into like new ideas and figure out new products. So like, I kind of trust myself to learn those things if I'm hired somewhere. But for me, interviewing, it's really important for me to enjoy the people I work with and be enriched and inspired by those closest to me as far as like writers go and even UX designers and people like that. So I was really looking for a good connection with all those people throughout the process. You touched a fantastic point that I, I would like to to talk about, which is when we are interviewing for a company, we are also interviewing them. We also want to see who are the people that we are going to work for? What is the mission of the company? What is, is it going to be interesting? Like, even though uh, the money in this profession, like the more you grow and the more responsibilities you have, the better salary you're going to have. But it's not only about the money that you're going to have because there, the opportunity is there. Like everybody are hiring right now, UX writers and content designers. It's, it's like everyone and are growing their, their content design and UX writing teams. But now we're privileged enough to, if we have experience in this field, even the slightest experience to, you know, to know what projects to say no to, what projects we would like to do. I was privileged enough also to, to say no a few times, even though it's hard. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> and that's a really solid point. You know, we should also see that like the things that the company that we're going to and uh, the, the things that they're doing are like aligning with whatever we would like to do and we would like to grow eventually yeah and i think what was most surprising for me throughout the process was that saying no factor i was fortunate enough to have multiple offers and it was kind of hard to have everything line up at the same time with each process so that was kind of difficult to be like oh i kind of want to finish this other process i'm really thankful for the offer but let me see this other one through really quickly once I got to that point where I could like evaluate everything, if I had multiple offers, it was really hard with some of them where I viewed those as like, I, I could totally like enjoy working there. If, if this were a different situation at the time where I was only considering this company or this is the only offer I had, like, I'd be really happy here, you know? So it's like, you know, if you get to that point, it, it is a really interesting thing. I'd never experienced that in my professional life before. I had layoffs as a journalist and was kind of just hoping to have jobs, you know, and like, situations where you know, I didn't have any options usually, um, you know, or right. offers. But yeah, that was something that was really surprising for me in the search was that situation of saying no to people. It was really hard. Actually, like gained respect for recruiters now who send rejection emails. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of like, you know, it's hard to deliver bad news. And I had to do that to a few companies I really enjoyed. And, you know, so it's, I, I think that was a really um, big growth moment for me too, to understand that other side of it, where if you have options, you have to say no sometimes, even though those companies could have been really fun to work for in a different time and situation. So, yeah, that was really eye-opening for me during that process. Um, very cool. Very eye-opening for me as well to listen to your uh, process. So how do you think we should name this episode? <laughs> That's a good question. So we, talked, we talked about many things. We talked about... I don't think that the mentorship was the, the main idea of this episode. Mm -hmm. Definitely not. The video part was like mind-blowing in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. I really liked it. That's awesome. And also the interviewing process part. I feel like it's like uh, we have two themes for this episode. Yeah. That's, so what if... I know. It's almost like the whole theme is almost like personal growth and like <laughs> both in right. video and interviewing. So I don't know if there's some way we could tie that theme in there. But yeah, like if you want to... That's like, smart. Yeah. If you want to just be like 
I don't know, like we could spell it out somehow in the title too, like video and interviewing too. But like, I just like the idea of like personal growth and like, I don't know, like growing throughout a personal UX writing journey or something like that. All right. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that, you know, play with those words if you want, run with it. Yeah. That'd be fun. That's kind of what I <laughs> took away. Feel free to change it up too if you want to, but yeah, that's cool. I like it. I like it. It's good. Awesome. I think yeah. it's good. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. I don't like Andrew. Fun with this. Yeah. It's awesome. How was it? Did you have one? Oh, what was that? Sorry. Like uh, how was the episode? Did you oh, like I it? loved it. Yeah. It was so much fun. I love doing this stuff. I used to do radio in my old career. And so anytime I can do really? podcasts or webinars or something, it's super fun for me to kind of tap into that old experience and do this again. All so, right. Yeah. Anytime you want me on, I'd be happy to chat. I can like talk for hours. So it's fine. <laughs> Amazing. Sounds good. Hopefully we could have you again. Uh, I would be more than happy to. I learned a lot as well. And also, you know, you are going to do fantastic and amazing things in your career. I could tell that like where you are today, you're going to even like way better places as well. And chatting about it in our podcast, giving other people inspiration about it. You know, you're always welcome. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it a lot. And I, I think you've given me so many opportunities too to do like webinars and be a mentor. And I really thank you and Anya and everyone at your organization for opening those doors for me because it has created some visibility and always be thankful for that. So I really appreciate it a lot. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. All right. So thank you everyone for joining us for another episode of Writers in Tech, a podcast, a podcast brought to you by the UX Writing Hub. Um, check out the UX Writing Hub website. We have a free course over there and I want to welcome you uh, to check it out. In addition to that, I have heard that if you want to get some traction on your podcast, you have to have like followers on Spotify and positive feedback on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. So just do it. Help us out. We want to create better visibility. We want more people to get access to it because there is a lot of you know, free resources that people get here that helps them to get into the field. So help us out. Thank you very much, Andrew. It was awesome to have you. And I'll see everyone on the next episode. Bye.